on this episode of TR Talk. Until you really make the decision that, hey, I'm going to be better today than I was yesterday. That could be, I'm going to make one more call, or I'm going to send one more email, or I'm actually going to be a little more patient with the people I work with today and kind of give them the benefit of the doubt, seeking first to understand before I'm trying to be understood. That goes a long way when you put it into practice almost on an hourly basis throughout life. So decide today to be a big success in everything you do and get serious about your career. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the TR Talk Podcast. This is Tommy Tahoe Lemo, and I help millennials to fast track their personal development and kick ass. Thank you for joining, and we have a great episode today. had an interview with Ralph Barcy, who's a senior director of sales development over at ServiceNow. And, you know, this is a special interview uh, for me and one of the favorites, one of my favorites that I've done so far. Um, a little known fact is that Ralph actually inspired me to do the podcast and to do the blog. I, I saw him speak about a year ago. Uh, at the Revenue Summit from Sales Hacker, and um, he was talking about showing your work and adding value to the marketplace. And the real way that you're going to see value and get opportunities in life or in the in the job market or uh, to make more money or whatever it is to change people's lives is to add value. And you know, I thought ways that I could potentially add value would be writing from my experiences. Uh, interviewing people that I thought were successful and, and helping you folks to take your game to the next level. So this is special that I got to uh, sit down with Ralph face to face and get this one done. Um, you know, and he dropped a ton of knowledge. Uh, we we talked about everything from you know uh, how to attract success to you. We talked about you know how he takes his notes, which is really interesting. We talked about. Um, how you apply meaning to an event and the mindset around that. And we, you know, we get into a little bit of a Jordan Belfort story there. Um, and then towards the end, he, he talks about the five philosophies that he has, and he goes on a little bit of a rant around the 26 minute mark of the interview, which is just really epic. Um, and, and hopefully he takes some notes on that and, and, and live by some of those quotes that he gives. And then, you know, finally, what are some of the biggest mistakes that he sees, you know, the, the, sales reps make on his team. So if you're in sales, uh, if you're in leadership, uh, if you're just someone that likes to get after, I think you're really going to like Ralph, really going to like this episode. Um, if you do enjoy this, if you enjoy anything I put out there, um, feel free to subscribe, rate, review, share it out on social media. All of the show notes, there's going to be a lot of show notes for this one. All the show notes are going to be on tomalamo.com. You can see the blogs for every episode, all the podcasts, videos, a lot of content going out there. So um, show that one some love. But for now, we're going to bring you into my interview with Ralph Barcy. Ralph Barcy, welcome to TR Talk, man. Thank you so much for having me, Tom. What's happening today? Man, it is a beautiful day, beautiful Friday. Just, just pumped to be here. Same. How's it going? Let's talk. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, um, you know, quick intro before we even get into this thing. Um, for the listeners, you know, I heard Ralph talk about a year ago at the Revenue Summit put on by Max Altshuler, another former guest. And, um, you know, he was talking about adding value to the marketplace. And it was one of the reasons why I took the plunge to actually start posting blogs and 
put out the podcast that you know I've been thinking about for six or 12 months. So I'd love to hear you start there, Ralph, on like why it's so important to add value to the marketplace. Yeah, of course. So uh, of that philosophy uh, that the more value you add to the marketplace, the more valuable you become is from the late, great Jim Rohn. He spells his last name R-O-H-N for anybody who's not heard of Jim. Uh, He was actually Tony Robbins' mentor, and he was a motivational speaker and life coach, if you will. And what he meant by that was uh, it kind of spun off the approach that success is something you attract in life versus pursue. And you attract success by becoming an attractive person. And how you do that is by adding value to the marketplace you serve. So I serve sales and sales development for the most part. And the people I've worked with who've become very successful in their careers and have gone on to lead successful companies or teams or even their own uh, careers have done so by starting with the basics, looking people in the eyes when they talk to them, you know, shaking hands with a firm handshake. And then that has manifested itself into putting out a great article that's relevant to the audience you're serving. Uh, Maybe doing a podcast like the one you and I are doing right now or creating a YouTube channel like Morgan Ingram did when he created the SDR Chronicles specifically for sales development reps. And over time, when you leave behind this said trail of breadcrumbs, you become more valuable in the process. And ultimately, salespeople who are trying to grow in their careers and develop themselves as professionals they want to arrive at a point where they no longer need a resume or they've hustled so much that they no longer need to introduce themselves. Their reputations precede them. So that's a a long answer to your question about the whole adding value to become more valuable. Yeah, I think it's really important. And, you know, I can speak firsthand. It's, it's done a lot for me in the last, you know, nine months or so since the podcast launched. But like, what would you say to those people that they're thinking about writing or, uh, speaking or video or, or whatever it is, and they're just worried about what people think, whether it's their coworkers or their prospects or their parents or whomever else, Like, and they think that they don't have value to add because they're so young. Well, I'll tell them this. You know, if they think that, they're correct, mm. straight up. But if they think otherwise, they're also correct. Mm. So uh, get out of your head. Stop worrying so much about what others think and start worrying about the people that need to hear from you that could probably learn from the experiences you're sharing. And I would also suggest that, you know, you think globally, but act locally. So start small. Maybe that means you uh, become a member of a local association or a chapter in your neck of the woods uh, that represents the industry you're in. And maybe you go to a few meetings, listening, listening, engaging, connecting, and then you throw your hat in the ring to speak at one of the next chapter meetings. Or maybe you write uh, a a small LinkedIn post and then then that morphs into an actual article. Uh, You can share that as a guest post on someone else's blog before you actually create your own blog, so on and so forth. So just, you know, go from A to B instead of A to Z and work incrementally towards building the the brand and the uh, image that you want to put out there. Well, I think the first sentence that you said there, too, is huge. The mindset, right? It's like you need to believe that you're going to add value, just like how you need to believe and know, like, 
I'm going to hit my number this year, or I'm going to lose those 20 pounds or whatever your goal is like, it's already set forth in your mind. So if you don't believe in yourself, there's no point in even doing it. Right? Totally, totally. So maybe you don't lead a team today. Maybe you're an individual contributor and you just, you helped somebody craft an email or something and they came back to you a day or two later and said, wow, Tom, the time you invested in me crafting that email, it actually garnered a response. I can't thank you enough for that. That was awesome. That is an indicator right there that mm. you can be helpful to others. So stop tripping on what everybody thinks about you because there's a whole lot of people that you've never met before that could be significantly impacted and influenced by the goodness you're doing. Yeah, that's that's huge. And and I want to, um, you know, I'm taking some notes here and I want to make a quick, uh, take some time to talk through how I'm just setting up my notebook right now. And this is stolen from, I don't know where I heard Ralph talk about this from some podcast or something, but... I got my uh, vertical line down the middle of my paper uh, for the left side to you know, take my notes and the right side to, to go through some action items. And I had to pay due respect on my notebook in Ralph's presence. But um, I think you know, being a notebook geek uh, like he is, and, and I kind of am becoming one too, I'd love to hear why you have it set up that way and, and maybe go on a little rant on, I, I forget the name of that one you have there. Yeah, totally. So uh, I have two notebooks that Tom and I are looking at right now that I just pulled out of my my uh, laptop case. But getting back to the, you know, draw a line down the middle of the page and on the left side of the page, you actually write notes. And on the right side of the page, you actually list the action items, uh, the things you're going to do from those notes that comes straight from Chet Holmes, the late, great Chet Holmes, who was the author of the ultimate sales machine. And his daughter, Amanda, now runs Chet Holmes International, which is a fabulous sales company. Uh, but I once heard Chet say that, and uh, clearly it's stuck to the point where I've uh, reinforced it to audiences I've spoken to. But I'm also a notebook geek. I mean, I love to write everything down, and I'm constantly carrying my moleskin journal with me because there have been too many opportunities where I've just, in passing, heard people drop great lines that are nuggets of value, and I didn't want to forget them. So I'll write down these one-liners, and that, of course, carries into meetings I go into. I want to make sure that you know, I can back up anecdotes that I might have or thoughts that I might have with things I've heard or seen or remembered people saying in previous meetings. And it's just a quick reference for me to thumb through pages and, and reference what I've heard in the past. But it's really evolved into I have my professional notebook, my moleskin, and then I have my personal notebook, the one whose name you forgot. But it's, <laughs> it's uh, the 2018 planner by a company called Inc. and Volt. And it's spelled exactly how you'd think it's spelled. It's ink and volt. And what I love about this planner is it really takes a macro approach first, uh, you know, and it, it, it encourages you to bring your year into focus and ask, you know, what do you want to leave behind this year? What are the things you want to learn this year? Books you want to read? How will you improve yourself in the year ahead? You know, what would it look like if this year went perfectly? What would you have? What would you be? What would you do? You start macro and then you get super micro and it offers up 31 day challenges where, hey, Tom, what is it that you're going to knock out at the beginning of next month through to the end of next month? 
write it down here and then actually sign on the dotted line and make a commitment to yourself that this is going to be a daily focus of yours so you can go from X to Y in one month's time. That kind of stuff, I, I mean, I love that stuff. I get yeah. all fired up. I might even do some push-ups <laughs> right here. Let's do it. Let's get some burpees going. Um, so I would imagine that goal setting is a huge piece of, of what you're focused on too. Like, do you, I'd love to hear how you set that up. Like, it sounds like, you know, you have the 30 day or 31 day challenge at the beginning of the month, some things at the beginning of the year, but like, how about, uh, on a week to week, do you have like a time that you set aside, like on Sundays or anything like that, where you go through it? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a big fan of goals too, but I also am a proponent of the quote from Scott Adams, which is losers have goals, Mm. winners have systems. Mm. So I'm way more interested in the second part of your question about, Hey, what's the routine you have? Uh, And so on a weekly basis and on Sunday, as you mentioned, that's really my day of reflection. I'm with my family, of course, I'm calm, I'm centered, uh, but there's this undercurrent of a little bit of anxiety as we're getting ready for the week ahead. And in order for me to mitigate that feeling of anxiety, I start framing up a weekly update that I end up emailing my leaders every Sunday evening. So I could at least help set the course for the week and set the tone so everyone's aware of kind of what's on my radar, what's on the radar of the business, where everyone's focus and attention should be. Uh, Here's what we were able to accomplish last week. Here's some leading indicators for what we need to focus on this week. And it really helps me compartmentalize things, chunk things, and just stay focused on what matters most. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's important to always go in with a plan. And I think I've talked about this before several times where if you're leaving, and not just for Sunday night, like if you're leaving the office on Wednesday, like you should know what's happening on Thursday. Like the meeting should be prepped. You know, you should know who, if you're in sales, who you're going to be calling, you know, what your message is going to be to them, you know, uh, what internals you have, when you have free or blocks, like that should not, you shouldn't come in at whatever time in the morning and be like, oh shit, I have this meeting today that I didn't do anything for. Like it should all be ready to go. You should be ready the night before, like completely. Absolutely. And, you you know, you have to plan the work and work the plan if you really want to level up your game and really be an A player in whatever profession you're in or whatever you're aspiring to become. You've got to frame up how you're going to get there in the first place. You got to know which way north is. And if you don't, it's just going to be an uphill climb and you're going to get very frustrated. Uh, So my man Jocko Willink always talks about discipline equals freedom. And uh, you set those systems in place and those disciplines and habits in order, uh, in order to mitigate risk and, you know, anticipate problems that you're probably going to run into. And uh, that's going to get you to the goals. Yeah. And Jocko doesn't know, but he'll be on TR Talk soon enough. And he, if you haven't checked out uh, Jocko's podcast, if you haven't read the book Extreme Ownership, you need to get on it because he is, um, you would think, you know, if you may not be interested in, you know, war or, you know, uh, the military, whatever that is. It's, he's not really about that. It's about like the, the total ownership of everything that's in your life, being accountable, taking your ego out of, out of play, leadership philosophies. He's, he's one of the people that I listen to the most. Same here. Yeah. Big fan. Yeah. It, it applies all over to life. Um, and so when you, one more thing on the goals, do you do other pieces too at the same time like are you like all right for this week for you know professionally I'm going to do x you know personally I'm going to do y for 
my relationships or my finances or whatever like the key buckets are for you? Yeah. Do you do all that at once? Uh, so typically when I'm planning it out and actually drawing it out and putting pen to paper, yes, I'm doing it all at once. I'm kind of just getting it all on paper yeah. and then I'll start sorting through it and applying it over time. But uh, you asked about buckets or you mentioned buckets. So for me, uh, it's financial. It's setting my financial house in order, uh, making sure that I've established a stream or streams of income, uh, that I'm uh, not in any debt if I can help it. Uh, I'm making the right investments and I'm giving back to the community. You know, I'm, I'm a contributor to uh, my schools, for example, just my alma mater. And uh, uh, I also co-founded a, a nonprofit, a 501c3, just to give back to the community. So that's that's really important to me. And then, of course, family uh, is is number one for me and it's right in line with health it's really important that i'm in good shape taking care of myself i'm a i'm a husband and a father of three kids and you know i feel like if i'm not physically fit i can't be mentally fit so it's really important for me to stay hydrated watch my diet make sure i'm exercising regularly uh, i've practiced brazilian jiu-jitsu for the last several years uh, which segues nicely into the spiritual side of things too uh, I'm a pretty faith-filled guy, uh, but jujitsu has been an incredible exercise and lifestyle to help keep me centered, keep my ego healthy, uh, and just be in good, healthy condition and shape all the time. And, and would you agree that if one of those pieces, one of those legs of the stool falls off, like say you just start eating like shit for a week or you know, you're not taking care of the finance or whatever it is, everything else kind of tumbles with it? Oh, of course. Uh, so you, it's very important that you maintain that balance and that harmony between all those buckets, whatever those buckets are for you. It's important that uh, they're streamlined and that they're working in harmony. Uh, also, you know, I mentioned I'm a father. I, I, I hold myself accountable and obligated and responsible to lead by example, no matter what. And a lot of us tend to forget that we are leading by example, whether we like it or not. People that we surround ourselves with or that we lead or influence in our everyday lives are always watching the tone we set, how we respond to things in life. And they're, they're placing labels on us and they're, they're judging good, bad, or otherwise. So you might as well put your best foot forward and, and lead by example and make it a strong example. But it's important to me that my sons are watching that I'm up super early in the morning. I'm getting after it every day. I'm working hard for them, for the family. I keep myself in shape. I'm taking care of myself. And in turn, it allows me to take care of them. Of course, you know, my wife is such a critical component to all that, but you get the point. Yeah. Um, on the, you mentioned on the spiritual side, do you do things like, do you do like meditation or anything like that that like keeps your, your mind at ease? Sure. Yeah, I do. Um, I'm pretty mindful of my breathing, for example. Yeah. And I, I take a moment throughout each day to just pause and create some space. Uh, but I'm also born and raised Catholic, so I'm pretty faith-filled, and I go to church every Sunday with my family. Uh, my children go to Catholic school, for example, so that's a central part of our family life as well. So I'm also very prayerful when it comes to that. Got it. Okay. And so if, you know, say you're having, you know, in any pr profession, you're going to have ups and downs, but sales specifically, I think, is one of 
the more lopsided um, or can be, at least in the, in the business world. Um, so let's say you're having a terrible quarter or a terrible month and things are just all bogging you down or, and you're just out of a rhythm. Like, is there something that you can do that you do that just kind of snaps you back into focus and snaps you back to having from having a bad week or anything? Yeah, you know, there's a couple things, Tom. First of all, you don't want to you don't want to overthink things. You you, you know, you want to just do. That's number one. So stop overcomplicating and overthinking things. Also, try to adopt the mindset that instead of winning and losing, it's winning and learning. Uh, another approach is you know, keep in mind that life is really just a series of temporary events. So what's happening to you right now is just a test on how you're going to interpret it, how you're going to respond to it, and how you're going to take action against it. And when you realize that, you'll start to establish little systems for all the different trials and tribulations that you encounter. And in sales especially, it is a roller coaster ride that will not stop. It, yeah. it, it's never all downhill. Yeah. Uh, just the most successful p- salespeople I've worked with in my career – They've gone through hell and back in order to be the A players that they are. But I think going into the effort, knowing that, hey, look, problems are likely going to surface. I may not win at every single episode, uh, but if I know how to respond to it and deal with it accordingly and maybe learn from it versus seeing myself as a loser or someone who's just lost, uh, it's just a much better way to establish that groove you're talking about and kind of find your rhythm again. Yeah. Well, I think it's how you apply meaning to events. And we were talking about uh, the interview with, with Jordan Belfort before this. And, you know, one thing that stuck out for me, you know, say what you want about the guy, but he said he talked about when he went bankrupt when he was 23, he was selling like meat and lobsters on the beach and or door to door and like doing some crazy entrepreneurship. He went bankrupt and he said, you know, I could have said, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not a salesperson. I should go try to do something else. Or, I am an entrepreneur. I'm a great one. I just made a few mistakes. I'm going to learn from those and go on down my next venture. And, you know, we all know what happened from there. Uh, he made some some poor ju- uh, judgments down the line. But it's the mindset that, uh, you know, being able to shift and turn a failure into a positive that I think is huge that anyone can do. Yeah. And what I really like about that story about Jordan is, you know, notice out how he came to that conclusion while taking action. You know, he was selling. He was going door to door. He was moving and he was making something out of you know the tough times he was having. He wasn't sitting on his couch thinking that. He was actually hustling while he yeah. was thinking that. And over time, you know, your brain will find the answer and it will find the path forward if you make sure to move. Yeah. So you mentioned the A players a while ago. And how many people do you manage nowadays? Uh, well, there's 160 in my organization. I have seven direct reports, but ultimately oversee all 160. Okay. So of 160 and, and throughout your career, I'd, I'd love to hear what you think separates an A versus a B versus a C player. Sure. Yeah. Happy to talk about that. So I could probably spend the next two hours going through a list of attributes and characteristics of what I think define an A player. Uh, but I'll just I'll hang on just a couple that I just see over and over and over again. Uh, the first is attitude. You know, you you can't walk into a room and suck the life out of it. You have to walk into a room and bring light and warmth and clarity to to that room and infuse some life into the situation if you can. So the A players I've seen throughout my career, sales or otherwise, are the ones that 
always have a great disposition, a great outlook, a great mindset. Uh, they're a pleasure to be around. They're approachable. They're personable. They're interested in me when I'm talking to them. Yep. Uh, they're facing outward versus in their own heads or concerned so much about themselves. Those are the ones that just literally shine uh, in life and in their career. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that I've seen uh, with A players is, as we were talking about earlier, they're very organized. You know, they they have put a plan in place for succeeding. And that really stems from back to our mindset discussion, they made a decision. I don't know when, but they made a decision to be a big success in everything that they do. And they've just put the pieces in place to inform that decision. And so when you see that in action, for example, I might be talking to you, Tom, and you know we're talking about a deal that you're having a heck of a time with, but some idea comes into your head through the course of our conversation and you flip open your laptop and you create, you start crafting an email to the prospect uh, with a food for thought, things that you're thinking about. You're trying to be creative about kind of working this deal and really making it a win-win for both of you. And, but you're actually acting on it. So it's stuff like that, that, that I've seen define a players over and over again. Yeah. I think that's, that's huge, especially the, you know, the last piece about you decide to be a success and, the mood follows the action. So um, I listened to a good podcast yesterday. Have you, have you ever heard of uh, the MF CEO? I have not. What, mm. I, what short is for the, Short for the – I think we all know. Yeah. Um, but it's this guy, um, Andy Frisella, who okay. I don't even – It's it, he owns some sort of like nutrition, uh, like sports supplement company. Cool. And he has a, a pretty good podcast, and he's had a few people on where they talk about um, – they, they almost craft an alter ego of themselves that is successful. Like, for example, they had uh, 2 chains, the rapper, his manager. He was, you know, he was manager for 10 years, like 300 pounds. And he was like, you know, I'm changing my identity. I'm going to be an Ironman athlete. I'm going to be one of the best athletes in the world. And then a year later, like last week, he just finished the Ironman in New Zealand. And he just like crafted it. And he was like, just decided that's who I am now. That's what I'm going to do. And he took the steps to follow through. And you don't need to go on. I mean, you can, but you don't need to go on that big of a tangent. It can just, just decide like, hey, I'm going to be the best salesperson on the team this year and I'm going to crush my number or I'm going to be the best husband or wife or whatever it is and just go out and do it. I, I love that. So um, you're, you're making me think of a few different people. So uh, I, I think, you know, Dr. Jordan Peterson, who has written the book 12 Rules for Life, An Antidote to Chaos. One of the rules that he talks about in that book is, you know, treating yourself as if you are someone that you are here to help. Yeah. And when you kind of detach from your body like that and you, you kind of look down on yourself or at yourself from another perspective, you could start to shape that person into the person you want to become. And as I mentioned earlier, your brain will find the way to make that person come alive. Uh, then I think about people like we were talking about Jocko Willink, who's a Navy SEAL, former Navy SEAL, uh, who served our country. And another Navy SEAL was David Goggins. And David Goggins has an incredible story uh, that I highly encourage our listeners to go find out if you've not heard his story. 
But he literally was called David Goggins because that's his name. But he, in his mind, said, I'm going to become Goggins. And Goggins is like the Hulk, you know, who, <laughs> who comes out of, you know, his former self. And then a third person I think of is Dwayne Johnson, who is The Rock. I yeah. mean, one of the most inspirational people on the planet. Uh, those are people who I think have really done that, you know, detachment of their of themselves and have created the people they are today. And it's really inspirational. Yeah. Now the um, David Goggins, uh, he's got a few uh, podcast episodes I've heard. The one on Joe Rogan was awesome. I don't know if you've heard that. Oh, if I that's have. the one you're talking about, that one was good. He's had a few others, but that was probably one of the best ones I've heard. Um, and you know, on the same point, because just because I think it's it's so interesting. I was at a, um, a Tony Robbins event recently and he took a woman from the crowd and he's going through her problem and I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but he's, he, you know, helps her solve the mental problem that she's having. He's like, all right, I want you to stand up and I want you to leave that old person in the chair. I want you to name it. And she's like, that that's Maria. Like we hate her. And she's like, I want you to have a new name for this person. That's, you know, a badass that just, you know, fixed her problem. And she's like, that's her new name. And like, that's her new identity. And I thought that was just the coolest thing ever. There's just like, just in a minute, in like five minute conversation, she has this new identity of the person she wanted to be. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so, oh man, it's slipping my name, uh, my head. I think his name is Mark Devine. I'm so sorry. I'm on such a Navy SEAL trip today. <laughs> but Mark Devine uh, created the Unbeatable Mind and SEAL Fit, which are programs and books on what we're talking about, Tom. And... His book, Unbeatable Mind, talks about feeding two wolves in your head. One is a coward wolf and one is a courage wolf. So it's really, again, back to your own decision-making process. You can decide to feed whatever persona you want yep. to handle essentially any situation you encounter. So it's up to you how you want to be seen, heard, and understood as you navigate yourself through life. Yeah, that's awesome. I have not heard of him, but... Um, I'm going to, I'm going to check him out. This is a, some good stuff to look into for anyone. Uh, as always, the show notes will have all of this, a lot of good links, a lot of good books to check out. Um, let's do a quick pivot here. Um, before we get into the rapid fire, I had to have you share your five philosophies with the audience. Cause I just think it's killer. So if you, if you don't mind just taking over the mic. No, it's my pleasure. So the, the five philosophies are five philosophies that I have used throughout my career to just be better every single day. And they're really five different quotes. So the first quote we kind of touched on, it's called, uh, decide today to be a big success in everything you do, you know, get serious about your career. And that's from the business leader, Brian Tracy. And it really speaks for itself until you really make the decision that, hey, I'm going to be better today than I was yesterday. That could be, I'm going to make one more call, or I'm going to send one more email, or I'm actually going to be a little more patient with the people I work with today and kind of give them the benefit of the doubt, seeking first to understand before I'm trying to be understood. That goes a long way when you put it into practice almost on an hourly basis throughout life. So decide today to be a big success in everything you do and get serious about your career. The second quote is from the late uh, distance runner, Steve Prefontaine. He ran at the University of Oregon and was uh, killed tragically in a car accident, I think, in the late 60s, early 70s. His quote is, to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. And I'm a huge fan of that because I do believe that we are put on this planet with unique strengths and gifts. 
And we're doing everyone and ourselves a disservice if we don't expose those gifts and strengths. So to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice what you've been given. So use it. Okay. Third one is, what's the third one? Navy SEALs. (laughs) This straight up comes from uh, the Discovery Channel documentary on Bud's class, I think two, three, four. And the instructor is yelling at the recruits, telling them that you're not here to survive this. You're here to take charge of it. And so when you're approaching your work life, for example, stop expecting everybody to give you things and to kind of tell you what the path is to move forward or move up in your career. Take charge of it. Take ownership. Be proactive. Take initiative. That's what that quote means to me. Fourth quote is from Jim Rohn. It's what we talked about earlier in our talk, and that is that success is something you attract. It's not something you pursue. And you do that by adding value to the marketplace. The more value you add, the more valuable you become in the process. And again, we can go for days on that one. But the last one is a Zen proverb. And it talks about a student who goes to the master and says, Master, I'm discouraged. What should I do? And the master turns to the student and says, encourage others. And what I love about that lesson is you have got to stop thinking about yourself and you must start thinking and doing for others. You will have a much more enriched life uh, when you have that mindset and that approach, when you start giving back, when you start taking account for what a person's first name is, where they're from, maybe what interests them, where they're trying to get. That way, especially if you're a sales leader leading a team, when you're in touch with that and your sales team is going through that rough day or rough week or rough quarter, you can shine a light on some of those fun highlights that they've shared with you in the past that represent their purpose, their intent, their aim. And more often than not, it's going to relight that spark within them and they'll be motivated, they'll be inspired, and they'll start to move the needle again and get back on track versus you constantly thinking that you're the one that needs to be the motivator or the one who's got to inspire. You don't have to do that. Uh, Again, when you think that way, you're thinking about yourself again. So that's why I love that final lesson in philosophy. Well, if you weren't taking notes over the last, you know, four and a half minutes, you should probably rewind, take a listen, write that down in the notebook with the vertical line down the middle, because that was that's that's gold right there. Um, And let's close this out with a few rapid fires um, and send you on your way here. Um, So the first one is I know we've talked, um, you know, a lot about success, what makes it, you know, what makes an A player? How do you get great? But what's like one, the one thing that's holding you back from being the next level of Ralph Barcy? Uh, my mental barrier, mm. basically telling myself that uh, I'm just not up to par to accomplish this. Uh, I'm not as credible as I think I am in this area. I need more rapport over here. I'm not as knowledgeable. That's, that's my own problem. So I think it's those limiting beliefs mm. to answer your question. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's, that's a good one. And that's actually a big piece of not to, to keep bringing it up, but that, uh, Tony Robbins seminar was like, they had this thing where you wrote down your two limiting beliefs like that are holding you back in life. And then you replace them with these, uh, like they made it like super painful to think about, like, where will you be in 20 years if you still have these and then try to replace them with new ones. 
Um, we can talk more about that. I won't bore the listeners, but, <laughs> but that's a good answer. Um, so what would you, what do you think is one of the biggest mistakes that you see, uh, sales reps make? That's a common mistake. Uh, they're poor writers. Mm. You know, uh, I think, uh, we underestimate the power of email and even the power of text these days, yeah. you know, a lot of people do business on their mobile phone. So text is becoming a lot more common and appropriate. Uh, but even still, you know, people aren't very good writers. Uh, I don't think uh, a lot of salespeople, uh, that's not fair. I think some salespeople aren't fans of reading books. And when they don't read books, they don't learn what different writing styles are. So for example, they'll send an email that's a block of words and text. Uh, there's no indentation. Uh, they didn't consider the aesthetics of what that message looks like on a mobile phone. Uh, anytime a reader has to scroll through an email on a mobile phone, you're starting to lose their attention. Yeah. So just being cognizant of that and you know, piecing your emails together to where every word actually earns its right on the page that's where you have to work from. Uh, and I think if salespeople in general got better at writing, I think uh, they'd be able to go from X to Y a lot faster. Mm. That's cool. That's cool to think about. I, I remember when I first started uh, in sales training, one of our VPs said for a cold call, like the first five seconds are only meant to earn the next 10 seconds. And that earns the next minute. Then that earns the next you know, 30 minutes of a meeting. So I guess that's, it's interesting to think about that with writing too. Um, like if you're if you're trying to craft something, especially if it's cold, like the first sentence has to be spot on. It has to be something re that they can relate to. Like I would all maybe I'm wrong. You you probably know better than I, but I would always try to do some sort of research on someone like LinkedIn, Twitter, something that's like the first sentence could only have been crafted for that person. And if it's not, if it could be sent to anyone else, they're probably going to delete it. Well, Tom, you've illustrated that yourself. And it's why you and I are literally sitting next to each other right now doing this episode. Yeah. Uh, you carefully crafted messaging and approaches just to get to know me in the first place, let alone get me sitting next to you to, to invest time in, in uh, sharing insights on this episode. So you, you can't be... Um, closer to the truth you have to be extremely personal with people and you know you got out of your own mind and started focusing on me and some of the efforts and even some of the issues that I and or my team might be going through right now uh, and came to me with some solutions and over the course of our correspondence we become friends and acquaintances and now here we are talking so the same approach and methodology applies in sales when you're trying to reach prospects because ultimately the true salespeople out there and the A players that we talked about earlier, they're in sales to establish and develop long-lasting business relationships that ultimately convert to personal relationships. Yeah. And when you're doing it the right way, that's really what you're after. And you're going to be very focused and attentive to the messaging and outreach that, that you're putting into the ether. Hmm. So I think I got one more for you, maybe two more. What is a habit that you've either picked up or dropped in the last three or six months that has benefited you in some way? I don't watch TV much anymore. Mm. That's a huge habit. Uh, I don't watch uh, sports so much either. Um, I'm a huge fan being from the Bay Area of the San Francisco Giants, Golden State Warriors, San Francisco 49ers. 
I do love them. There's a piece of my heart that goes out to those teams, but I have yet to receive a paycheck from any of those teams. So uh, if I want to invest so much time watching them play and then talking about it over the water cooler, it's really not going to get me or my family anywhere. And so I really invest that time not watching TV, but sharpening the saw, getting better at my craft, learning, studying, writing articles, preparing presentations, crafting those weekly updates to the leadership team that I mentioned earlier, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And that's, I think the average listener might like fall over in their chair when they when they hear you say that but I've, I've heard that from several guests that either they got rid of their tv or they canceled their uh cable or whatever it is um and it's just it, there's only so much time in a day and in a week and you got to prioritize and execute as yeah. jocko would say um so i guess you know just to close this thing out if you have any final words for the audience and then where can we find you on social, where can we find your company? Any any upcoming speaking engagements, anything like that? Yeah, final words for the audience. Believe in yourself, everybody. I mean, if you're investing the time right now just to listen to this podcast, you clearly are trying to level up your game too. So here's my challenge. Let's see what you've got. If you're a great writer, let's see your article and your LinkedIn post or your blog post. Uh, if you're a great speaker, I want to see you speak at the next conference. I want to see a YouTube channel that you've created that does nothing but add value to people's lives. Give back. Uh, you're fully capable of doing it if you're taking five seconds to listen to Tom and me talk. And if you want to find out more about me on Twitter, it's simple. It's at rbarsi, B-A-R-S-I. Uh, I do have a blog, which is my name, ralphbarcy.com. If you do not have your own name as a URL, that's something you need to invest in right away. Whether or not you create anything with it, that's your name. So if I look you up, your first name, last name.com, I should be able to land on a piece of real estate that tells me about you. And then on LinkedIn, it's just in forward slash Ralph Barcy, and you'll find me on LinkedIn. Cool. Well, Ralph, I, I appreciate the time. Got the notebook full. I'm sure everyone else does too. And um, yeah, thanks again. Hey, it's my pleasure, Tom. All the best. <laughs> cool. Let's, uh... All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to that interview with Ralph Barcy. Hope you liked it. Want to just quickly share my top three takeaways. Um, you know, number one, you know, when Ralph says life is a series of temporary events, you're not going to win every time, but you know, hopefully you can uh, learn to establish your groove. And people are always watching. Right. So you whether or not you think you're a leader, you are leading. People are taking example from you. So uh, it's always good to think about that. You know, number two, decide today to be a big success in everything you do. I think it's just so powerful that the people that are successful, they decided that a long time ago. Um, and the last thing is, you know, his Zen proverb um, about, you know, the student going to the master and, and encouraging others. And I think it's really important to just Take a step back. You stop thinking about yourself. Think about others. And the more value you add to your customer, to your boss, to your coworker, to your significant other, whomever it is, um, you know, you're going to get a 10x ROI on that. The more and more value you give them. So hope you like this one. Again, TomLamo.com for anything else you need. And we'll be back on Monday with another episode.